If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. There was, there was some review that came out in uh, something. Um, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say that, that uh, a couple of us read it. And uh, at some point, they, they said good things about the record and everything was fine. And then they, they it's. Fuck them! Fuck them, Eddie! Fuck them! Actually, that wasn't the one, but fuck them too. Um, but they, it was something like, uh, they always throw in a little barb in there, and this one was about uh, how our record was lacking in politics, which I don't mind, and it just means that the guy was too stupid to figure out that it was all in there. But just in a poetic form that he didn't get on listening to it twice before he reviewed the thing. I think that's right. But again, I don't. But the one thing he said was something about our politics was something that, like, maybe we just dabbled in for credibility. And I had to wonder what that guy had ever done in his life. I don't know, it, it, it kind of blew me away. But anyways, the fact that we're doing this, we got lots of credibility and I feel great. I just say anything. We all feel great. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and holy crap oh my god did you guys know there is a pearl jam show happening this week can you believe that whoa i can't believe i just said that aloud and um i got something else i gotta say out loud i'm gonna be there holy mo yeah all of those words yes there's gonna be a pearl jam show on saturday night I can't believe it, and and uh, 2018, that was three years ago, it feels like three lifetimes ago, but now we are finally in a position where we're, we got this thing, and we're going to see them live, it's going to be a great experience, and we're going to talk about that, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about that right here at the top, 
But we are doing a show today. We're continuing on our hometown Seattle series for the year, and we're going to do a show from 2002, right when Riot Act came out. That came out at one of those key arena shows in in, uh, early December that year. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to... There's Pearl Jam news. They're they're literally going to play in a couple of days. You might have listened to this, and they might have played already. That's, That's how soon they're going to play. And then also... We have a Solo Eddie album that's coming out. So there are lots to talk about. Why don't we just do that? Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello. What do you want to get to first? Big week, man. We got to talk about the show. <laughs> yeah, of I course. I can't believe it worked out that you were going to be at the first show back. That uh, that worked out very well for you. I Yeah, I, I, I didn't care if it was the first, if it was the 20th. I like... It didn't matter to me. I, I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be somewhere where it was happening. And it's felt, you know, it, it has felt harder to get to this point with this band and seeing other bands that are on tour and seeing other bands that have that have just kind of blindly joined festivals. And then a lot of bands that have, have uh, canceled their festival dates too. Uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails, one of them that, that canceled all of their dates. And there are a couple other bands right. that did the same right. out, of, out of concern. And once a couple of those bands did that, I you, you can't help but kind of get the sinking feeling. Even now that we sit here uh, like a couple days before they go on, I, what's the odds that somebody in their crew could get infected? That somebody, there was an outbreak somewhere. Like, it's pretty decent, you know? Um, if you were paying attention, Dave Matthews, played at the Gorge a couple weeks ago and they had to make major, major changes to their lineup because a couple of their, their guys, a couple of their main guys uh, were exposed. So like, imagine if something like that happens the day of, or the day, the day before, and they have to, you get all these people in New Jersey and, and Pearl Jam just can't play. Like that could very well happen. I don't want to be a wet blanket here and kind of spoil it for people because it's really spoiling it for myself too, but I just want to be real with everybody that it's, you know, they're taking it very seriously. And although we are going to a concert and we are going to experience what we haven't experienced in, in, in three years, there, there are concerns to this that, that still need to be addressed. So look, the hope is that we can get past these things. The hope is that we can go and not have to worry about being around unvaccinated people, being around people that are maskless and, you know, do the right thing. And hopefully that nobody goes in there that is asymptomatic or carrying or that has been exposed. The hope is that all that can happen. And look, I got I got a two month old here and I got to take care of him. That's number one. And I, it, I'm putting a lot at risk by going to this, but I mean, the reward is especially amazing. Yeah. It's you, you, you just called the risk reward is that's something that everybody's got to, to judge for themselves. And no matter what, like it's, if there's 10,000 or 20,000 people or five people, you know, it, it, what what a place to you, you put that out there. What a place to dump twenty thousand angry Pearl Jam fans in New Jersey. That that's uh, right. going to be a separate thing. We hope doesn't happen. But yeah, it's this. That's the way things are now. You know these these concerts coming back is 
is very, very tentative and very, very dependent on a lot of intangibles happening. And when it was announced, things were looking better and things have gotten worse again. So I'm actually kind of surprised that it's still on. But, you know, hopefully everyone there will, will take the precautions and it'll be a, a smart group of people who yeah. are who are looking out for each other. So that that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, and that's a huge point that you make there. Look out for er- not just for yourself, but but for everybody else too. Because uh, you know whether whether you like it or not, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not, this this is affecting everybody. Uh, your choices are going to there's going to be a domino effect. There's going to be a ripple if you make the wrong choice. It could improperly affect somebody else, and you never know what they're going on. Like I said, I have a two-month-old at home, and the last thing I want is to have any covert exposure to bring into this household. Uh, I'm sure that are many. There are many other people that are in my situation with young kids that can't get vaccinated yet. Uh, that's a huge concern, I'm sure. But I, that's why you just have to, as a community, as people, as kind of a brother sisterhood thing. Please look out for one another. And I personally, if I see you there and I see people maskless or I hear there's somebody unvaccinated, I'm going to tell unvaccinated people, please I, I, I keep your distance from me. I, I can't be around you. I'm going to tell people that are, are maskless around me. I can't talk to you unless you're wearing a mask. This is just how it's going to be. And I don't want to come off as as being the prick, but that's just sort of that's what we're sitting in right now. So, yeah. Uh, but hey, look, there's going to be a show. There's going to be a show. Hopefully everything will work out great. Hopefully everything will be happy. It'll be a beautiful, just out of this body experience. And if it does happen, I, I think there's no other way that it, it, it does without being an out of body experience. Um, but John, we both made setless predictions. Um, <laughs> we did. Yeah. They ended up for live on four legs.com. They ended up very, very similar. They did, and I think that you we've had page. yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about this sort of thing. I'm not I'm not surprised, and I think we said even last week during the show, like, oh, elderly woman will be really in the beginning because they they want to scream hello. My God, it's been so long. Like that that seems like a very obvious thing. Uh, it seems like a, a a corduroy to come out of that is very obvious, but you know, I, it is a festival, uh, but. It is going to be a majority major Pearl Jam fans that that are going to this. I, I like like me that didn't have tickets to the the original event last year that went out and bought tickets thinking, okay, there's nothing else booked beforehand. This could be the first show back. We could get something spectacular. So maybe we do get some little gems thrown in there. I, I, I think like both of us said, we thought in hiding would 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 show up, and I think that's yeah. You know, like as a tongue-in-cheek thing, that should be a lock. Uh, it's okay after daughter should be the moment of the night if if it if it shows up. River cross, uh, like those should be present tense. Should be a moment. Hearing hearing the gigaton songs live, finally, like finally getting like, what are they going to do with these songs? Like eighteen months later, that's the major thing that I can't wait yeah. for. I think, and I'm not like. When I make these setless predictions, I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't happen, mainly because I didn't go out there and say, well, they're playing Brain of Jay in a fatal and then God's dice. Like, I'm not doing any of that. Uh, you know, I, sure. I put in one song that I hadn't seen before that wasn't a gigaton song, um, and which made a plausible reason to play at Light Years. Uh, but, like, you know, 
whatever the situation comes to this, like you expect better man and you expect daughter and you expect uh, Jeremy and alive and even flow. Like those things need to happen. And uh, you know, this isn't one that I expect to be for the rare, rare fan, but I think there are going to be a couple of gems that could be thrown in there as like a, a thank you for, for waiting this long. Yeah, I can see that. But you also have to, it's, it is a festival and they are going to be, you know, on, on the clock. You know, I think they're going on 8.30 to 10.30 or something, something like that. I'm sure they have something where they can probably extend to 10.45 and not get fined a certain amount. And maybe they'll do an extra encore with, you know, like getting Patti Smith on or uh, the Avid Brothers, whoever else on and kind of make a, a celebration of the night kind of deal. Maybe something like that could happen. Who knows? Maybe they want to keep their distance from other artists and that's totally respectful and understand understandable but uh you know i I think i think the sky's the limit for this and i think no matter what happens we're going to come out of this with with a pretty good story oh yeah can't wait to talk about it next week we what we're going to do and just so you guys are are kind of anticipating this and ready for this is that I'll come back and I'm not staying for the second night. I'm going to jet out after Pearl Jam kind of worked out perfectly that didn't have to go to the first night to see Smashing Pumpkins to get to go see Pearl Jam. That that was a nice, nice way to do it. Thank you. Thank you. See here now, uh, festival bookers. Uh, but Sunday night, uh, John and I will will come back and we'll we'll record a little something. We'll put it out Monday morning, and uh, we'll just we'll just throw all our thoughts out there. And then there might be some extra things that happen either a week later or or during the week. We we're, we're unsure yet. We're, we'll we'll get to it. But uh, you know there there will be a good reaction uh, episode from there. But also what's happening on Friday, the shore stock event that, uh, that I've been thankful to be a part of that's donating to the project matters.org, uh, that we're going to be live streaming the whole event, I believe through the Facebook group. So if you're not following the Pearl jam podcast community group on Facebook and you want to follow along and see what's going on in this event, like that's a good way to get involved and make sure you're seeing the live stuff there. And I'm sure during the day on Saturday that I'm going to go live. Anthony's going to go live. Somebody's going to go live on some of the groups to just show you what's up, to show you what's going on. I want to be as interactive with people as humanly possible, as long as my cell phone battery can take it. So uh, expect some of that stuff. I, I want to I wanna try to get – I'm not going to live stream the show mainly because I want to watch the show. But maybe there will be some clips here and there that that I toss up. So keep keep all that stuff in mind. And um, uh, I'll throw out one prediction. And I think this is something that you've said. I've listened to Gigaton two or three times this week, and I'm pretty convinced that Retrograde is going to be the song. Yeah, I, I'm listening to that now. Yeah. And on the album, it's good, but I think it can be great live. And it needs one. It needs one thing. It needs an extra guitar. It needs just like another guitar sound in there to make it sound full that maybe they just kind of lowered the second guitar. Maybe they lowered stones or something like that uh, in in the recording process and kind of it dulled it a little bit. But I think that presence of another guitar balancing off of what Mike is doing is going to be the difference that makes that a great live song. Let's see if I'm right. I think it's going to be one of those that's, you know, people love kind of the soaring jams, you know, you're, yeah. you're given to flies and you're, you know, Jeremy's and the, the really ones that, that elevate live your black, 
things like that. It's really got that potential to, and I think that's one where two where Mike can go a little bit off the script on the solo yeah. and really let loose a little bit and they can play around with it. Yeah. I think I've been saying that for a while. I think that's, it's going to be special. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. I, I, I would consider it more unthought known territory than, than black. Uh, yeah, just but, in that, in that same lineage of songs. I gotcha. You know? Yeah. I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. There was also some news this week. Some uh, We're getting new music, and it's from uh, the man himself. It's from Eddie. And we got a song that came out. I believe it came out on my birthday and came out on Wednesday. So uh, we got a song called Long Way, uh, not to be confused with Take the Long that just came off. Know, out right? off Gig- it's done. hitting all the themes, yeah. Right, yeah. And, um, well... What do you think of the song? Because, I mean, this is not going to be an uncommon talking point when talking about the song. Yeah. But it sounds a little similar. Let's put it that way. Yes. I mean, and you know, we, we talk a lot on the show sometimes about how since 2006, Pearl Jam is kind of cycling through their homage songs, and they had not done a Tom Petty one yet, and now now he has. And we we forget too that he's he's going to be doing a solo show at Ohana as well. You're going to get a solo yep. Ed performance oh, yeah. there. So you're like in a full album or something. Yeah, if you're going to that, you're going to probably hear a lot of these these new songs from the Earthling record. And I this one I oh, it's it's tough because I I don't love it. I think it it's more you know you hate to say throwaway or filler, but I'm going to withhold until I hear. I think the B side is going to be the halves, which we should be uh, be able to. The halves have not soon. a fucking clue. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my judgment till I hear the whole thing. But I was, you know, I was not, you know, blown away by by this song. The voice, the voice is again, the voice is mostly gone at this point, and him doing a Tom Petty thing, like, okay, but do your own thing, still sometimes. Yeah, I I am with the latter point on that. I, I think that Ed has such a specific sound in himself that he can write songs that, you know, can sound like him and not sound like Pearl Jam. Songs like Guaranteed and songs like Far Behind that are very, very good songs that were on Into the Wild. Uh, you know, and, and I'm glad there's no ukulele kind of thrown in. I think I'm, I was a little over the ukulele stuff after a while. I do like the Into the Wild record. Uh, the song that came out, like, it's just hearing that and hearing that chorus, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, oh, like, don't, why don't hit it on the nose? This. Don't get, don't think you're getting through this record without some ukulele. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I just don't want a full yeah. record with yeah. ukulele. That, yeah. That's fine. I don't need another ukulele song. I, I totally get that. But man, like, I don't hate that it's it's like a Tom Petty homage at all because because he did like they did kind of do that with with Never Destination. There's a little bit of listen to her heart in there uh, at the end. But I, I don't know. This is like how you know you ever see like sometimes people will come up with shit like oh here's how a bot will create a mcdonald's commercial yeah. and they'll take like yeah. all different mcdonald's commercials and it'll just be like oh um, a mcchicken biscuit and it'll kind of make words that yeah we, we made this computer script. read ten thousand novels and, and then made it write one right we yeah. we made eddie vetter listen to a hundred tom petty songs and made him write a tom petty song and we got into the grade wide open mixed with some of the cadence of free falling when he's singing the long way. Tell me that doesn't sound like love. Oh, Jesus. 100%. Right. 100%. 
And that's okay because he, you know, that's that's him suffering the loss of a friend still. It's okay for him. I am a leave it. Yeah, I'm I'm not into it as much, but I'm willing to give the record a try, of course. Of course, it's like my favorite artist of all time. I'm going to give the record a try. It's just uh you you would like some stuff that feels more Eddie centric and and hey, there was cool news uh corresponding to the record too that that um when Elton John announced his album that he was having kind of duets with people on he he announced that he was doing one with Eddie and now Eddie's repaying him the favor and he's going on Eddie's record as well so you're going to get some Eddie Elton John stuff is is that cool though it's not but it's it's different and I will accept different we'll see we'll see <laughs> Okay, all right. We spent a lot of time on a lot of things. Let's now get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about today. And that is a Key Arena show from 2002. It's the night one show. We decided to go with the night one and not the night two. There are two reasons for that. One, and the night two show, they ended the show with Don't Believe in Christmas. I didn't want to cover a Christmas song in September. Not into that. Number two, the last couple of Seattle shows that we've done, both of them have been night two, and both of them, Ed addressed that the crowd was terrible on night one. So why not do the night one one and figure it out? Why are night ones in Seattle not as good as their night two present? Yeah, we're going to mix it up a little bit. The story going into this is obviously Riot Act is very, very brand new. Earlier that week, a couple days before, they filmed the Showbox shows. And the obviously the Showbox show that, that is important came on the 6th, which is two days before. That's the one that there's a DVD for. It has the amazing version of Daughter. It has a lot of the, the newer stuff. Uh, but they're, you know, they debuted a lot of the record content before that. And even before that was a couple of Letterman appearances where they debuted uh, Save You and they played I Am Mine for you know the larger audience. It wasn't the debut of the song. And then they, they played a benefit in September, I think in Chicago, and they debuted Love Boat Captain, but I don't think they did anything else. Right. It was a kind of a short set sort of thing. Nobody really right. talks about that. Nobody really talks about this show either, which... You know, very early at the top of this set list, the, there will be a talking point in relation to that. But you know, uh, it's the full first full arena show since two th- since eleven six two thousand. So that you know that that that's interesting. You considering we covered that last month, and considering the weight of what that show was, it, that's an interesting point. Also, Brad, Steve Earle were the openers for this. Like, very cool that Stone got to play uh, Double Duty on this yeah. and got to, yeah. got to play with Brad. Also in 2002, in March, so there wasn't a lot going on with the band until the record was released. And you didn't hear too much that was happening. And I think they were reading and reacting to a lot of things. And I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, but I never keep anything brief, so we'll see where this goes. In March of that year, Eddie inducts the Ramones into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think everybody knows the scene. Eddie goes up and he's very uncomfortable. He doesn't want to talk to this crowd of people that has music industry executives and producers and like, you know, Green Day and whoever else that are there to celebrate the Ramones and whoever else got inducted that day. It's just it's a group that he doesn't want to be associated with. So he goes up there and immediately it causes a bit of a scene 
because he's up there and he has a mohawk. Okay, when does Eddie Vedder ever have a mohawk? Never. No, he has the long locks. They're beautiful. Like, that's just what he's been his whole entire career for the last 10, 12 years, however, however long it had been. So he goes up there with a mohawk and he addresses and he says, you know, I, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, like right off the top, basically before he even mentioned the Ramones name, he said, look, I'm not doing this because this is some sort of punk thing. I'm doing it because I got so pissed that all of the bombings that were happening and all the, the talk about war, I got so mad that I needed to take it out on something and I took it out on my hair. So I think that's the first key indicator that you're going to get some pretty inspired stuff for the next record there. Yeah, it's 2001, 2002. It was just a dark time. Like for, for those of us, we recapped it a lot the last couple of days and who, who consider ourselves, you know, more on the, the, the left leaning side of things, the anti-war side of things. It was, it was a bad time. And, they, I think the band includes themselves in that. It was definitely on the forefront. And, you know, it, you kind of wish that the, the Mohawk had stuck around with it, even though he looks terrible. It's his it. worst like, look. He's, yeah. He's too, he's too good looking for a Mohawk. <laughs> like, I can pull off a Mohawk. Like, I've done it. I, you know, I, people don't know I wasn't. Can you a do it again? Can you do it I again? Would, I'm, I'm about to be 43 years old. I am too old for that. Oh, you're but, not going to be. You're not going to go into to kindergarten and be punk rock dad picking up picking uh, up Lucas. It's, it's it's tempting, but <laughs> I've I've done it in my in my younger days, and I can pull it off because I'm not as good looking as Eddie Vedder. I don't I don't have that. Face. Oh, don't he's be just, so modest. He's just too good looking for it, and it's like slicked back. Like you got to spike that shit up, man. Right. Like it doesn't look good. Like kind of combed back like that. I don't it's know. It's like what there's a slug, going. some kind of animal, like a, it's, yeah, it's a rodent kind of or, something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a raccoon it's, burrowing. It's just wrong. And like, he's the, the speech is so awkward. Like he's going for laughs and he's, Oh, I'm going to say this and it's going to hit. And like just silence and crickets. And he's just so uncomfortable. And yeah, there's like, you mentioned they, they cut to green day watching at some point, there's some other band and like some guy with blue hair, blue spiky hair. I don't know who it is, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a very, very awkward moment. There are good things to pick out of that. And we could do a little bit of that later. Uh, you know, we don't want to make it a fully Ramones podcast, but there are some references to the Ramones in this that, and it kind of made me think outside the box a little bit of why there was so much Ramones talk at the time. Uh, but when the time comes to get to it, we will get to it. I think we can get into the show though. The show starts out with Ed coming out onto the stage, igniting a, you've got to hide your love away chant. That is clear homage to the 22nd anniversary of John Lennon's death. It is 12, yep. eight, 1980. Mm -hmm. Right. So very smart. Uh, John Lennon will come back into play later in this set. So, you know, I, I think anybody that knows the era kind of knows what, what's going to happen, what song is going to be played. And then they kind of go right into, there's no one, two, three, four, two, three. This isn't like starting off your show with a celebratory moment. This is kind of the way that these first four songs are curated in this set and presented in this set. This feels like a bridge school show to start this. 
A little bit, or it feels like something from from like 2016 or 2018 where you're getting a, like a really s- slow open. See, I think it was a, even lighter. Open. See, I think it was even lighter than that. Hmm. Like, I got this sense, like, especially you go elderly woman, and I'll just address this now. You go elderly woman into black and the thumbing my way into nothing as it seems. Elderly woman is not a sing-along. Black, and we talked about black back in that Philadelphia show from 2016 where obviously they played fifth song in because they did the full thing at 10, but black in the beginning of a set is kind of, we talked about it then kind of wasting one of your big guns very, very early. Then thumbing my way comes in and it's kind of, you're bringing a new song that probably a lot of people haven't grown to love just yet like okay it's growing on them like we get it but like it's kind of a sit there and appreciate it more than a like a sing-along more than like an intake like if it was played in 2021 i think thumbing my way would be a huge moment at show but this is what the second or third time that it was played second time so yeah, it's not going to hit with the crowd the same way that it is probably later in the store. Then even nothing as it seems had a little bit off of it. It wasn't an absolute stunner of a solo that we usually get from Mike. So I think maybe if anything, this is sort of kind of red Roxy or the gorge or, hmm. you know, you name your, your opener, you know, first, first set sort of thing, Mansfield, you name, you name one of those shows. It's probably more like that. And it is kind of funny that they almost end this tour with, with Mansfield doing that. And they started by doing that as well. I don't know if that's something that came to mind during this time. If they thought, Hey, we're going to just start, most shows doing slower songs instead. Well, I think to it, it's got a little bit of the, you mentioned bridge feel. I think it's because it's a very acoustic sound on these and small yes. town starts with the acoustic black starts with the acoustic guitar intro, which you don't normally get. So I think that influences it a little bit to give you that kind of feel like, oh, okay, this is, this sounds a little different than we're used to. And that's something that we, you know, when we covered all those bridge school shows, that's something that we did get used to. But Going starting with black, like I, I love this. The, you really? You get the when it starts, you get the you hear the person in the crowd go, "Oh shit!" You did hear like, that, yes. That was cool. Someone is like, so someone knows like something's going on here, and Mike is adding some really nice touches to black. It almost sounds very Stonesy. I think we had talked about one a few months ago that that sounded very kind of like very '60s and very kind of timeless feel. That I, I kind of got this feel got that feel on this one as well like it it felt very relaxed and almost like you know that kind of like mid-era stones where it's just kind of like it swings a little bit and you know that's mike loves that stuff yeah do you know this is the earliest black has been played do you know the last time that black opened cbgb's cbgb's no what i thought that was the only time it ever opened a show it's opened three times really yeah okay well, fuck my knowledge on this. Uh, <laughs> You're close. You're close. You're on the right track. I'll so was it 91? Not, not a terrible guess. Yes. Uh, Detroit on uh, November 23rd, 1991. Okay. Uh, yeah. The last time CB- Black opened a show. CBGB's was what? November 11th or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like a week Very... before that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but this is the earliest Black had been played in 11 years. 
and I thought Thumbing My Way was just captivating. Like I, I was just transfixed watching it. I thought it was a fantastic version. I love the, the kind of, just the way it just kind of like grabbed this room and like, yeah, and especially after Black, like such a such a huge thing to have to try to follow that or this early on in a set. But I think it sounded great. And then I, again, this is a this is a Mike McCready show. We're gonna mention Mike up and down this this set list i i thought yeah nothing as it seems it's it's not like one of those like lightning bolt like no pun intended solos where he comes in like from the heavens and drops the thunder immediately but i think it it gets there like he it takes him a little bit to build into it but i think it gets to a really good a really good solo i mean by the end he's definitely feeling it yeah i you know i i i think i i uh this wasn't for me this was a pass on these first four songs mm. um i think we're this is Ooh. it's yeah, been a while it. since we've had a, a real kind of break in in disagreement on something but this this felt very sleepy to me um especially when knowing what the riot act tour was and knowing basically every other night was like kick off with like a can't keep or, or release or whatever else and go right into save you and hell hell like it's different but it's also you talk about the night one shows too. I'm very surprised that they would go with that for a night one show that they, they, they would say in the past night ones wouldn't have the best crowds. Wouldn't they want to juice up their crowd earlier that, and that's very interesting that they, they chose the opposite direction. Yeah. They're the Kings of choosing yeah. the opposite direction. So, uh, you know, and it, and it could be too, that it's, it's a hometown show. They're just trying to mess around a little bit. Yeah. It might've been something like, you know, when we, when we come back on night two, we'll, we'll mix it up if it doesn't work, but yeah, right. This is our, you know, this is, we just played the, you mentioned the, the last arena show was Seattle. They're, they're bookending it with this one. So mm-hmm. it hasn't been that long since people have seen them. So let's mix it up and just try something. Right. And they did the groundwork show at Key Arena as well. So, right. I mean, it's been well, three years in a row that they played that place. It's basically turning into a residency there. But this is also a Sunday night show that Ed addresses right here saying it's it's starting slow on a on a sunday night jeff was at home watching the sopranos and apparently that was the sopranos season finale that day and he addresses do you guys want to know that happened and i i I don't know the sopranos i never really watched the show but he said somebody is fucking metal furio or something like that i'm yeah i'm not a big sopranos guy it's one of those things i've always been meaning to to go back and watch if you're a sopranos fan and and want to tell us then live on four legs podcast at gmail.com and you can rip rip us to shreds we we should say spoiler alert 19 years later if you're you're (laughs) rewatch you might want to skip that i mean no i for shows that are that came out 20 years ago i don't give a shit about spoilers like (laughs) go ahead i don't care they now are going to transition you into uh the chunky, you know, just good old rock and roll parts of the set with giving a fly and the save you and the hell hell. And uh, I, you know, I thought Ed's vocals during giving a fly were just fantastic. I couldn't get enough of that. Um, and really, mostly in that build, that first build up to the wave came crashing like a fist in the jaw, like that. Oh man, that line and just getting to that line was absolutely perfect.
and I love Nothing As It Seems Into Given the Fly. They, they, they've gone back to that a few times it's been on, on this tour in 2003, so I love those two back-to-back. I think it transitions very, very well. And Ed even like does the thing where you would we get a little foreshadowing of singing to the back a little bit. He turns around for that second verse and, and sings to the back of the arena, which was cool. But, you know, you get in a late punk rock set here. It's almost like we're we had that we had kind of the weird like four song Oxy. intro that's unusual yeah. at the time, but now we're getting in now we're getting Save You and Hey Hail. Save You only the four times Stone, a great solo ed on Save You sounds awesome. This, this is a good is, ed show. This is great. It's a very yeah. good ed show. I, and Hail Hail, I got you gotta address in Hail Hail all of these lyrical changes here that are going all over the place that that egg rolling thick and heavy is repeated twice and he just is like yeah i, I fucked that up yeah afterwards he sings, i sang this part already i yeah. sang this right exactly There's another song that'll come later where where he'll fuck up again and he'll he'll do the same thing and be like, "Yep, fucked up that one." Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hell Hell just really charged. I thought Matt sounded really really good on Hell Hell, which is a lot of people's always their criticism of the song not being as good as Jack. But I thought Matt really fed into that one. I thought that was fantastic. Now your section here, this is interesting because you're getting one of the just kind of mid tweener has been played a lot riot act songs in Ghost. Then you're getting Corduroy, which is kind of a little bit buried right here. And then Grievance and Green Disease. What's your take out of any of these? But maybe we just start with Ghost, because I feel like since this is the second play of Ghost, it felt like Egg got really pissed at the end. I don't know. Punches the microphone. Yeah, what was what was going on? Was he was he frustrated with the lyrics? Was he frustrated because they weren't on point? I thought they sounded okay. Like it's, oh, it's tough one to tell of the better. That's... It's one of the better versions of Ghost you're gonna hear. Right? Yeah, but he uh, just didn't yeah, look too thrilled with it. It just could have been. Oh, and you hate to speculate, but it could have been. He was trying to just juice up this crowd a little bit. Maybe the crowd was yeah. a little sleepy. It could have been. He was just like. We, we mention it almost every week. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He could have been thinking about something. He could have been right. thinking about what the song was written about. He could have been thinking about politics. He could have been like he he's not one to 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 be stoic on stage. And for all the times in the '90s where he you know people made fun of him, just two hands on the microphone and standing there, he he emotes a lot when he when he sings, and that's one of them. Another miss lyric in Corduroy just misses the first lyric just completely. Um, <laughs> But Corduroy's, it's another one, like, a very relaxed Yeah, Corduroy. I mean, Mike just throws some energy to it at the end with a great solo, but it felt like it didn't have the the bite that, that Corduroy normal, normally does. Um, I think it was because of the crowd. And I, grievance, that, grievance as well. I thought it didn't didn't hit like it normally does. Oh, God, I thought Grievance was great in this show. Really? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think green disease was the was the one for me where they it, it finally they finally kicked up like green disease is killer like it felt like I love just the the chugging like downstroke like palm muted like punk rock style of green disease. We can scream at our 
I, I see. I thought Grievance was the one out of this section where you could be like, oh my God. Ed recognized in Corduroy that the crowd was down and just started screaming in that chorus. what grabbed me and he does that in another song later in the set but like i thought this this was a phenomenal version of grievance i didn't think that that was there was low energy on that at all green disease it was more i didn't see that like the usually grievance like those those guitars just hit it didn't i mean the the heads on with the the vocals i'm with you but it it just seemed like the music like not like they were maybe a little bit behind on it look from going from a corduroy which, which is very rare to say that I'm not totally into a corduroy. Like, that's very rare for me to say, but it's middle yeah. of the set, and the crowd just is very lukewarm on it. I Like, I'm not going to like that as much. I like when the crowd is all over a corduroy, and the crowd elevates the band. I don't think that corduroy got there. I think Ed was attempting for that in Grievance to get that out of them, and then Green Disease is tough, because although like it's it's there's there's a bit of a hiccup in it somewhere like I, I think like Ed missed some lyrics or something like that I think it did pick up at the end but also that's another one it's what the tenth or or eleventh song on the record people probably haven't digested that one as much as they have like Love Boat Captain and I am Mine and and Save You yet like I I I just don't know how familiar they are with it so I don't think yeah. they're getting that reaction that they want from these songs just yet. Yeah. And we've, we've covered a lot of these kind of like early in the tour shows where these new songs are being thrown in, which is funny and, because and when it's, we it's, address this, when we address this on Monday, when we'll have a show, we'll be yeah. talking about the same exact talking points yeah. here for Gigaton. Yeah. And like, we don't have the benefit of, of foresight. And they, we know now that that ghost has been played like, 16 times or whatever is 20 times you know green disease has been played probably 35 40 times if that oh green you know, disease is more yeah but not 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 too many more uh thumbing 65. my way is okay it's not bad uh, but most of it was was 02 and 03 and 02 of course, is one yeah. of those one of those weird years where yeah you're this they just it. don't know like they don't know right. how stuff's gonna mix in and we and we know now and like when we look back on this gigaton tour 2021 2022 hopefully we'll know five ten years down the line oh this song really became something and it wasn't it weird to hear it there right see here now but we and again it, these people at the show they they don't know you're you're just throwing these songs in to, to see what sticks and see what works you know but these these kind of shows are always interesting because they you mix it up and you get kind of weird combinations of stuff and it, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah hindsight like I think this podcast could be called Pearl Jam in hindsight. Like that's just what we do is kind of pick this apart and figure out where the evolution and, and just growth of, of these songs and performances come from. And it's very interesting that these are in their infancy here. And we know 
that green disease can get to a good level. We know that like Save You and, and Thumbing My Way can get to really good levels where you get great crowd participation. Not not just good, great crowd participation on those songs. We're about to get into a, a portion of the set where it's four Riot Act songs in a row. A lot of these are probably the more the the main tracks off off Riot Act, the ones that kind of stuck around past 2003. Some of these, at least, they were just trying to see what worked. They were trying to see what worked. But this is, again, a lot of of hindsight stuff here, which if you want to talk about hindsight stuff, this is the best thing from this show. It's just because it's funny. It says I'm going to introduce somebody that's featured on the next song and the next song and the next song and the next song. He's back here. He's jamming on the Hammond. He's the bee's knees of the B3. He's the divine Hawaiian. It's Boom from Gasper on keyboard. Boom. What's missing? You have? Did you hear the one guy that that's like boom? Yeah, yeah. That's like probably one of your last times you don't get a boom shaft. Yep. No, How weird became, is that? He became the crowd favorite instantly. Right, right. I mean, that's easy. Because he's, Anybody, he's so excited. It's so cute. Like, he's he's doing, like, the, <laughs> the, the throwing up the, the, the surfer thing, like, the yep. hands, like, hang 10 thing. Like, he's just stoked to be there. It's awesome. Right. Yeah. I, and I'm so glad that this fan base just fell in love with him as quick as they did because it's hard not to you see a big hawaiian dude that's playing on the b3 who just seems like the most chilled out guy in the world and he like he's not on pearl jam's promotional material like the, you know when you think of the other other members of other bands like like green day has a second guitarist and he's technically like part of the oh, band that, now that's jason white one of, one of my favorite guitar players pen and gunpowder shout out chino Ward. <laughs> See, well, that's that's the thing, Knight. but everybody knows Green Day for being the three-piece band right, with right. just being Billy Joe and, and Trey and Mike Dirt. Yeah, Foo um, Fighters have their slick keyboard player now. Yep, mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people kind of have live additions, but it really felt like very early on that that Boom was welcomed into this community and not seen as like, oh, he's just, he's just some organ player he's just some guy that plays keyboard on a couple of songs and i think to it if they had gotten some like la slick sunglasses hot shot keyboard player it would not have gone that way it had to be this you know random hawaiian dude who's never heard of them before (laughs) so like i mentioned this section is uh all riot act all time four songs right in a row i am mine i have a green disease Yep, we are counting green disease, so absolutely yeah. five. But I am mine. Like I really thought, speaking of Boom, like he has a pretty powering presence in this version. It feels like there's kind of like that spark in that short part of the bridge where you hear the guitars kind of raise up a little bit, and Boom is kind of playing some more tense notes on, on on the B3. There, it gets it gets pretty good in that part. I, I thought I thought that that was really good. I thought I am mine was a nice performance from this.
my thunder. That's the that's the surge that that we talk about. That it's right before that second chorus where they kind of extend on it a little bit, like they ride that little section. And yeah, it's it's very very good. I mean, you know, you might be we might be talking about I am mine at, at the end of the show again as being a really good moment. Very possible. It's very possible. Yeah, I, I and again, you know. I, I really wanted Mike to let loose at the end. I, I know, I know, and I think yeah. about it every single time. And you hear his guitar is like, oh my god, it's to the high heavens right now. It's just, it's just built to just go off. And I, it's like yeah. a five second solo, and it's over. <laughs> but, but I am mine would be one of the few from this record, and there's 15 songs to digest off of it. So there, there's a lot, and and you have to add in down too, which is the B side that is getting live play. So I Am Mine is probably, with Save You and Love Boat Captain, those are the top three. So everybody knows this one by this point. I think everybody has gotten into this, and that's why this was more inspired performance than maybe a ghost or a green disease was here. Love Boat Captain gets a really good crowd reaction, too. Like it does. It to, there's a, a surge in the crowd that's like, oh, yeah, we like this one. Yeah, I, I, I felt that, too. This right here is still continuing to keep the Roskill discussion and to keep the memory of it alive through their show because you have to think they're not going to talk about something like that every night. They're not they can't go out and be like, "Oh, well last year last year with Roskill." They can't keep saying that. It's going to get to the point where you got to move on. But this is how you move on. You play a song like this and then he changes the line. It's, you know, lost lost nine friends will ever know 2 years ago today like Yeah. Yep. It feels special for that time. It feels like it's in that moment. And I don't think you can get outside of just the versions that they played this year. I don't think you can get a love boat captain with that kind of idea to it. Yeah, I can see that. This is only the fourth time, so they're still like right. not maybe a hundred percent comfortable with it yet. They're still just kind of playing it through like they did on the album. But that love boat captain is one that like, you know, through the years he would continue to change that. You know, lost nine friends will never know six right. years ago today, ten years ago today, twelve years ago today. So it's it's kind of had that that evolution in life to it. Yeah, I thought this was great and and you are in half full, like also still very good. Like you are is one that it really hit me because we, you know, we we we've just done the the PJ twenty shows the last couple of weeks and I talked a lot about Chris Cornell. You are is one, and obviously, you know, I'm not. This isn't going to be you know breaking news to anyone, but really hitting a Soundgarden influence on this performance. Sure, too, I thought it would have been. I mean, it's a back camera song, so yeah, exactly. I'm listening to this, thinking, oh, Chris would have destroyed this song. Love is a towel. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and McCready, fantastic. Half full, Ed goes down on the floor. The the ending yeah. half full is just whew, just blisters. Like it's amazing. One of the Mike, best, Mike injects one of the best parts of the show. Mike injects. He like he he puts the plug in for that and just lets it rip.
that's Marty McFly uh, getting to Doc's house and and turning turning it up and and you know blasting blasting through the speaker like that's what that's what half full is and and it's kind of funny half full and and even flow are back to back and even flow while it's a good solo he doesn't really get to show off as much half full is really the one there where he gets to to show off a little bit more and gets to be like kind of stage performing mike here yeah and only two songs from 10 and again they're kind of bookended like just one song in at the beginning two songs in at the end those are the only songs from 10 you're getting at the show there's there's no alive at the end spoiler alert no alive yeah no jeremy right so again very strange that they're always there's always something to to pick out with those with those tracks from 10 on these set lists there's always it's always got some forethought into it i think yeah i i agree with that and and just to go back on on you are half full a little bit i thought that like those were two pretty good performances and i think you know you are is one that i think grew on the crowd i don't think half full had to grow on the crowd because that solo Mike can inject that into them and they'll be like, okay, we're sold. Like, you got us. But UR is just so very different for them. Like, you have to think of some of the other bands that were happening at the time. It kind of has a little bit more... If Pearl Jam had more of a new metal-ish sound, it could kind of sound like that. God, you just, just broke my brain. I don't even want to think about that. Well, I thought about it a long time ago, and I don't really have this opinion much anymore, but I always thought that UR had the same identity as a, as a song that P.O.D. had. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Well, listen to it. The The P.O.D. song, fuck, what's it called? It's the I'm, one... I'm, I'm not going to listen to that. Youth of a Nation, I believe it's called. And don't... It's a terrible song. It's a terrible song, but if you listen to the beginning of that... It kind of has that like effect, kind of like how the drum effect uh, is happening there. You say we're gonna we're gonna throw some Lincoln Park like hip hop record scratches in, into UR and like it's. Uh, no, we're uh, not gonna my do brain that. Is bleeding right now. We're not that. gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. We're just it, it just if anything had that connection, I always thought that UR was very close to a POD sounding song but we'll move Ooh, away from that conversation. from this conversation we'll, we'll move away from that and and talk about even flow in a wish list in the blood because that might be more interesting to talk I about to that might be more after that. i need to go take a shower <laughs> not in a good way well i i didn't mean it as an insult i meant it as just like uh like Ugh. The, it's similar it's similar and you can't get around that um but yeah, this is to end your set here. Even flow into wish list in the blood. I don't think they've ever done that before. I don't think they would ever do something like that again. That's a, a weird combination. It is. Weird. And I think the idea of using even flow late didn't give them a lot of wiggle room to do something different. I think you needed even flow after the riot act songs five in a row. And I don't know why you needed wish list here. I, you could have done wish list a little earlier. I, 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 I'm or maybe yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. It, it's just very weird that one of their more contemplative, atmospheric songs is in between the song with the best solo and the song with the absolute most rage. But it but on it the gets planet. to the it gets to the politics though. For the first time, we're getting some. Yes, we, get we the are getting an outro. It's very so, important.
the president. I want to go to war. I communicate and negotiate. Isn't that what presidents are for? The I wouldn't go to war. That gets a huge response from the crowd, which bodes well for what they're going to do later in this show. So... Yep. Yeah. Keep that in Maybe mind. Maybe a little little barometer check. Uh, yeah, huh? And and look, in, in liberal Washington, uh, I think it's fair that you can get away with that. In other places, well, when the conversation comes in a couple of minutes, we'll we'll make that determination. But before blood, Ed thanks the city of Seattle for giving them a key to the key. They wanted to make it a free show. But makes a little joke here. This is like one of the uncomfortable Ramones Hall of Fame induction uh, jokes. They misinterpreted and said, you'll play for free instead of this is a free show for fans. But he talks about kind of what the proceeds for the show was. And and again, we've done how many Seattle shows and they've all gone to local charities, which is fantastic. I, I don't remember a Seattle show that didn't do that. So just wonderful hat tip to them. Then here, Ed mentions the review that somebody wrote uh, that the record lacked in politics. And that's absurd um, because anybody with half a brain would know that at least nine of those 15 songs are specifically about politics. And, you know, Ed was not very happy about this, as, as he shouldn't have been. He said, like, he didn't... Obviously, the guy that was writing the review didn't get the poetry. He listened to it once or twice and said that there was a line in it saying they were dabbling for credibility. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, that's dabbling uh, for credibility. That sounds like a guy that has probably been listening to more POD that doesn't mm, think that Pearl Jam's right. popular at the time. Mm. That's how, that's what that sounds like. And I, I think it's it's a very the, the next the last song here, Blood, I think is a very on point like that's a direct reference to that I think 'd you're living up to the credibility that you've certainly earned at this point this is completely enraged uh, he's more pissed off at that at that review than he let off when he was talking about it he was just kind of you know just matter-of-factly discussing it but blood is him throwing the book at it he's just oh, uh, my, Mike does more than throw the book at it 
Oh, what does Mike? I was about to get to Mike in a second, but damn it. Um, Ed is whipping the microphone around, and it looks like Ed's gonna, you know, do some fucking Roger Daltrey shit, whatever he's about to do, but then Mike starts smashing the hell out of his guitar. Remember the last time we did this, and we were like, oh, it looked like Mike got. Yeah, he grabbed a, a throwaway guitar to smash. Yeah. Right. This is not that. Well, the camera cut away. It was tough to tell. I didn't think it was either, though. Yeah, it looked I, like I, the same guitar. I thought about that, and I it, I think it was the same guitar. Yeah, I think it, he okay. just this is one where he just got caught up in the moment, and, and yeah, ends up just throwing it behind the amp to some poor technician who has to pick up the pieces. <laughs> Mike is that friend where if you, like, if something happens to you, like, they're always kind of your confidant, and, and, like, if something happens that pisses you off, that doesn't necessarily piss them off, but they're pissed off that you're pissed off. Like Mike is that friend that will get pissed off just because your your mm-hmm. best friend is pissed off kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's and got you back. exactly, exactly. And I, you you felt it during this one. I feel like the crowd the crowd felt it. Ed obviously the vo- the vocals are visceral. Uh, this is going back to some of a little bit what he was doing in Grievance as well, where he was just absolutely letting it all out and uh blood's a highlight and it ends your your main set uh, i think what, what the, to say? The, the next show i think ed smashes the guitar so this is just like it's a two-parter when we, when we get to cover the next night we'll get to talk about ed smashing guitar right 2024 when we do the hometown shows revisited or whatever we decide <laughs> whatever the next theme of live on four legs is who the hell knows but yeah uh this this is this is one uh to def- to definitely hold on to for the end we are at the encore now let's pause for station identification talk a little bit about two things patreon.com live on four legs.com let's start with live on four legs.com um i just encourage everybody to keep visiting it on a weekly daily basis uh just keep taking in the content and you never know when you're going to get something new the last thing that we did, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Nick Smith and and him and I worked on a 9-11 reflection piece that ended up being pretty good. Uh, and, you know, it, it's that that 9-11 happened uh, 20 years ago last week. And we kind of came up and, and came up with this idea and, and we're doing the show that is really still in the wake of all of what's happening. It it uh, it kind of connects to what what's going on. There's a lot of, you know, idea of what songs are being played. And the first song that we'll get into in the encore is one that we talk about a lot in that article. But uh, yeah, like, the, you know, just just that's the kind of thing that we're 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 trying to get out there. We're trying to bring to a, a different point of view a different thought process when thinking about Pearl Jam because there there are some things that even on the podcast we can't spend too much time trying to just detail because there's what 26 27 in some cases 35 songs in a set and you can't get to every single talking point so you know it being the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and knowing that the band had a major connection in a couple of different ways uh i'd recommend going out and uh, and reading that and a thank you to nick for for doing the work and dealing with me on that because i was tough to deal with on that but uh we needed to get to get it the way uh the the way it was and we got it there and that was great uh so keep on to live on four legs.com I, th- I think this week we'll have some more see here now stuff and we'll try to get some ohana stuff in john and i will do more set set list predictions we'll try to do ohana we'll try to do the encores and maybe maybe we'll we'll do a little like point game out of it too we'll we'll kind of like 
we'll get one point for every song that you picked that's in the set correctly, and two points if it's in the same spot, mm, and then okay. maybe three three points if you get like a, a combination. If if releasing you're just missing into, that fantasy league so bad. Uh, well, yeah, you kind of can't <laughs> do it right now because right, right. you can't do it with four shows. It's kind of unfair. Uh, so yeah, that'll kind of. Yeah, that that will that will be that will be that. So we'll keep doing cool things and and uh, keep keep an eye out because because I think at some point soon we'll start to really get the 2014 Concertpedia stuff in there. I think that that's the good stuff. I think John, that's that's the stuff that you're on top of right there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like you know, we mentioned when we did our Zoom call a few weeks ago. It's it's just so cool to to go through every everything that you guys have written. And just to hear, like, to kind of channel the passion that everybody has for these shows and try to find a way to, to get that onto paper and get that onto the website. It's, it's, I'm really just enjoying the heck out of it. And I, I thank everyone who's, who oh, all of our patrons are Horizon Lake patrons and all of our patrons, especially the ones who've written in and written those reviews. It just means a lot. And it's, it's just, it's just so much fun for me. It's almost, it's almost not like work at all. I just get to like go through and, and read what you guys have to say and get how, how like passionate you are about these shows. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I love the most about that aspect is that there are so many different voices on it. And, um, I think from a Pearl jam fan perspective, sometimes when you get kind of an outlet, like what, what we are in a podcast form where it's like John and I's voice for the most part. And then maybe we'll have a guest or two that come on, but you know, there, there are websites that, you know, are usually run by one or two people. Uh, but you don't get the general consensus of the fan. And I think that was really important to both of us to get that into the website somehow. And, and thankful that so many of them were interested in that aspect of it people from all over the place that have gone and pitched pitched in have done a tremendous job so keep up the good work everybody and uh we're 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 keeping a chip away uh we're keeping on chipping away there uh but hey if you want to contribute to that project it's very important that we kind of keep that up that we uh we get we get the word out there and uh and then we get some stuff going on so uh patreon.com slash live on four legs if you're interested in donating to our horizon tier that is strictly goes towards the website funding to get out advertising for the website to get out uh seo for the website that stuff will all incorporate into that uh but also you can donate just as a giggle leg you can donate just as a bonus leg member the bonus leg member is going to get you all the content the content's the good stuff and i just want to address the content side of it um there will be a, a profile coming out another profile coming out at some point soon but um we're going to start to 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 dive into it more again like we're we we got some ideas we we've talked about another evolution episode coming in the very near future so please keep an eye out for that uh but um it's just just to know it's 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 been difficult for both of us to to find time to do a little bit extra especially with the website on top of this now so for anybody that is a part of uh, a tier on patreon that doesn't feel like they're getting the content in the last couple months that's exactly why i you know we're we're building back to that and maybe we'll start small with some devos but we're building back to that so uh again patreon.com slash live on four legs I, th- I think that's that's all we got from that unless you got anything to add i think you got it Let's all get right back into this yep get back into it back to the rock 
Um, but really, before Back to the Rock, make make sure if you are at Sea Here Now, and I'll mention this later, make sure you find us. We're going to have a booth, I believe, with Touring Fan. I'll have a massive flag that says Live on Four Legs Podcast on it. You just come up, you just say hi, and we come hang out, and it'll be a good time. And please, if you're going on Friday, and I would love to see everybody at Shorestock. It's at a venue called The Saint, right in the middle of Asbury Park. And what I recommend is if you want to go, buy tickets ahead of time. That's kind of important because there is a strict max capacity level of 121. I, I'm working the event and I had to buy a ticket for it just because they needed the headcount. So, you know, that just, just a heads up. So I, I don't want anybody going in, going there, walt, waltzing there at 8 o'clock thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just get in at the door. That might not happen. So I don't want any of our people to be shut out. So it's only a $10 ticket with a little bit of a surcharge if you're ordering online. Um, and, and that's that. So if you need a link for that, please get in touch. Uh, we will at some point this week have that information available on live on four legs.com. So stay tuned if you're interested in that. Now back to the rock. Ed introduces everybody in the band going around in a circle and saying stone Jeff and, and this and that. And it says, I'm just your average guy sitting around watching news on a Sunday morning. And I see these commercials. They say drugs supported terrorism. Do you remember those? I do not fucked up. Those were, I just, I don't even know if I remember commercials. I just remember just scare tactics and maybe just fear. Yeah. And maybe it was escalated on long Island because long Island was hit very hard in the wake of nine 11. So you can, you can sell off fear like that. Fear was a, I I remember going to Florida and seeing freedom fries. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. See, like that's what was going on. So it's like literally I think I think the joke was always like, oh, if you do this, you're a terrorist. Like and and that was kind of a laughable joke at the time and not knowing that it had racial undertones in it that we weren't even considering at the time. I think that's the worst part of the aftermath of 9/11 outside of the lives that we lost. The the worst part is that we've kind of gained sort of this identity of, you know, it being okay to be mad at a specific type of person for something that that single person didn't do. But, you know, you know where I'm getting at with that. So, look, we, we've been through a lot the last four years. It's very apparent. I don't need to go into that very further. But drugs support terrorism. Anybody that believes that, probably you know what they voted for in 2020. And Ed kind of jokes and says, I had this idea that SUVs support terrorism. So, but said while he was watching TV, he was playing the song, brought up John Lennon in the beginning of the show. This is where John Lennon comes into play now. Give me some truth. This was the song that Ed initially wanted to play during Tribute to Heroes. That was, that's a major talk. Neil Young convinced him not to. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a major talking point in the article that we put out. And, you know, that just goes back to Ed kind of understanding very, very early on while everybody kind of had, whether it was just everybody panicking or, you know, looking for something good to rely on, whatever it was, Ed saw that this outcome 
was not going to be anything but a disaster. And he was absolutely 100% right. Yep. Very much vindicated by history. This is a great performance, too. Yeah. You can tell he's... He's he's putting he's putting some extra juice behind it. He's, he's got mm-hmm. some some extra oomph behind this one. It's 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 very good. A couple months later, I think in March 2003, that is when they officially invade Iraq. I think when they're in Australia, there are some rallies that are going on around Pearl Jam shows. That would be a very interesting, if if our country ever happens to get back into war, that would be an interesting one to bring back up. Who, who knows what will happen, but uh, yeah, just just the idea of what the war in Iraq stood for and all that crap, like... You know, they they weren't fooled by it. And, and those jokes that Ed and those statements that Ed made that made everybody uncomfortable at the Ramones uh, Hall of Fame induction like that. I think that's part of it. You know, just every, everything, everything changed. And uh, when you're living through the changes, you're just it's it's uncomfortable for everybody to watch. So and that's and the, and the and the John Lennon thing, the anniversary going back oh, to that. Oh, like, yeah. And this, I think yeah. this performance, it's all of that. Right. Uh, yeah. When I when I said mentioning John Lennon in the beginning, of course, meant the yes. anniversary. Yeah, yeah, of course. Going back to politics, because we're getting Bush leaguer here. We mentioned before that the crowd was very excited that Ed mentioned the whole uh, I wouldn't go to war part and wish list. And in Bush leaguer, the routine uh, of him wearing the uh, the George W. Bush mask and kind of parading around. I think they pulled it off at one of the Showbox shows, and they bring it back here. And it's not it's not anything like what Nassau Coliseum was, but not at all. It's, yeah, it's just the fact that he has it. And and yes, he does impale the mask on the microphone stand. Ooh, impaled. And if you know what I mean by that, then yeah, fuck that guy, right? The 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 Denver article that right. came out after that show. Speaking of reviewers. <laughs> and the worst of. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this crowd eats it up. This crowd really likes it. And uh, I thought musically, the song got like a little spacey at the end there. Very I, much so. Yep. Didn't really expect that, and you kind of got lost in it a little bit at the end. Yeah, got a little weird. I liked it. It almost like kind of drones on a little bit. Like I wanted it to keep going, kind of like, oh yeah, stretch this thing out. 
Let's get weird with it. Yeah, I was, you know, I was kind of thinking for a second, was was Ed going to go on some sort of tirade? Was he going to discuss something? And just letting the music sort of play out and Ed would grab a guitar for insignificance. And I think that's probably what what took a little bit longer was his him getting strapped in for that. Uh, but it would have been interesting if, if something came of that. And, and who knows if Bush Leaguer had more of an influence in sets than it did in 2003, it could have been something like that. And technically in Nassau Coliseum it was. Yeah, and, uh, and it, you know, probably, you know, the, the people in the crowd who were, who were on the, the drugs part of the drugs cause terrorism part enjoyed that. Insignificance down, better man. I'm going to package these three together. There are only a couple of binaural carryovers that are, you know, going to go into 2003 and kind of have a lifespan. And the three, and maybe Late Years would be another one too, and and maybe Break or Fall. But the three that are the most that have the most weight to them are in this show: Insignificance, Grievance, and Nothing as It Seems. And um, I thought the ending of Insignificance was very good; just got very intense. Yeah, the, they they kind of stretch out that quiet part, and it makes that ending hit a little more. Yeah, I like that a mm-hmm. lot. Yep. Yeah. It's I, I. I've always seen insignificance and grievance as brother sister songs, and uh, they definitely work good in in a in a nice kind of you know far away combo uh, in, in this too. Like you know, just just saying, both of them had that kind of intensity, that measure measure of intensity. Then we get down, which is man, this isn't even on the record. This is a B side, and they're not even addressing that. Hey, you guys don't know this. Yeah. They're, just yeah. saying, okay, we're going to play a song that you don't know for the second time that we've ever played it, because they played it in one of the Showbox shows. It's really just to get another song in before Better Man, I think. Um, but, I, you know, even going back to this time, Down is one of the very few songs that doesn't change at all over the years. That's right. Yeah, it is. it just, is what it is. It always had that intro where in the, in the re- studio recording, they kind of extend that intro a little bit, then get into the song. And the outro live kind of extends a little bit too. It always had those characteristics, which whenever it comes in one of our sets, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it if it sounds good, but it goes very unchanged. They played it 97 times and you can get down pretty much the same from 2021 than you would get 2003. No pun intended. You can you can get down. Um, yeah, I I, I agree. Get down, but I, get down. But I, but again, it's it's just such a it's an undeniable melody. It's such a great song. And you know how many times in 2003 did they they play it? And he was like, oh, this is one of our favorite ones. I can't believe we didn't put it on the record. It's Mike McCready. He used to call it a rare one. Yeah. Yeah, like you can almost like you know set your watch by by the clockwork of him saying that before the song. You oh, okay? They're gonna play down like. It's the same speech almost every time, but yeah, it's it's just a great song. Like I'm I'm glad it it kind of had a life, and it's you, you can tell here like they immediately knew like oh yeah this one this one should have been one should have been on the record should have been the single probably. Better Man was very straightforward. There were no really theatrics. A little bit of an ex- extended outro, but no tag on it at all. Uh, we've had very very powerful Better Man's last couple of weeks, but this one just felt like it was just very straight and to the point. Yeah, it just it's again 2002 is a weird time. Riot acts a, a weird time for these older songs. We mentioned it with the ten songs, like 
you're not getting a lot of those those moments of those early ones here, even with not a lot of Versus songs either. Do the Evolution is the way that you're going to end usually where something like a live or porch would go. Evolution is the song change here. There are tons of lyric changes. There are tons of lyrical flubs. And I don't know if he realizes it in the middle, but he does the herd behavior line when he's supposed to just say it's evolution, baby. Then he goes back, he does It's Evolution Baby when he's supposed to say it's her behavior, so... He's a little rusty, it's been a while. Just like Hail Hail, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, like, I think a couple weeks ago when we did the first night of PJ Twenty, we were like, eh, maybe that's not the time to fuck up. Like this, I'm I'm cool with it here. It's sure. it's in your hometown. Sure. Do it. Um, but he changes a line. Admire me, admire my home, admire my son, admire the Ramones. Ed is wearing a Ramon shirt during this show, and we talked much earlier about the Ramones Hall of Fame induction. And something that kind of has been spurned in my mind, because I have been doing a little bit of the Ramones deep dive lately, and because A, it's an easy listen, B, it's a great listen, Ramones had a very strange time period in this time. You know, going back to 2001, Joey Ramone died in April 2001. Ramones got inducted into the Hall of Fame March 2002. Dee dies from a heroin overdose that June. So in the span of 14 months, two original members of the Ramones died and they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's a lot of shit going on just, and we're losing members of this like incredibly influential band to so many pieces when you want to build the trees of where other bands got their influence and branches out like the Ramones are the top of the tree in most cases like that's they are the beginning of everybody's influence and during this time Johnny Ramone and obviously we know the story with Johnny Ramone and and his uh, relationship with Eddie he had prostate cancer. He was going through a battle and, and unfortunately succumbed to it in, uh, in 2004. But I think a lot of what was happening during this time, what we saw with Pearl Jam, what we saw with um, Rob Zombie had a compilation album that he did at the time called uh, We're a Happy Family and had just, I mean, amazing artists on it from like, you know, the Chili Peppers to Metallica to U2 to The Offspring to Green Day. Like everybody had a part to play a Ramon song and kind of pay tribute to them because in the span of three years, we lost their three original members. All we had left was Tommy, and Tommy wasn't even in the band for very long. You know, Marky, when, when people think of Ramon's drummers, they usually go to Marky and, and, instead of Tommy. Um, but, you know, it just felt like at the time, Ed thought, and they didn't play, I believe, in Miracles at the show, but they would play it a lot in 2003. But it felt like Ed 
thought he had a a duty to put the word out there that people need to understand how much the Ramones have influenced people. And look, there there are a lot of references that that he made in that speech. And one of the ones that I thought was hilarious and for a couple of reasons, but the, the idea that at the time he even mentioned the name Phil Spector, uh, and that they recorded a record with Phil Spector and the shit that happened when they were recording, he just kind of pulled a gun on them one day. You heard that story before, right? Yep. End of the century. Right. So even with Phil Spector on hand, who produced so many different acts, they still couldn't get a hit song off of it. They still like none of these songs, got radio play so nobody ever paid attention to the Ramones outside of saying like they're just part of the punk genre and that's it like I I really felt like in 2003 2002 people were starting to get the idea of okay we need to preserve these songs and celebrate these a little more he's always been the champion for the underdog like the the next band, like, you know, how many times we mentioned, like he'll say on stage, like, or in a, in a documentary or something like even in the PJ 20 thing, I think it's like, people already know about us. Move on, find the next band, find the next band. Like we, we've got enough people listening to us and the Ramones, it was a, it was a sense of like, this thing is gone now. So don't forget about it. I think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Then, you know, it's unfortunate because who, who the hell knows, you know, had, had those guys have lasted a little longer. I don't know if there would have been a reunion. They were kind of, you know, they weren't really getting along, but who knows? I think like, they, they, they were supposed to have played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but before Joey died, I think that was the plan. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think I remember reading that or hearing that at uh, one point. Uh, that's, I mean, that sucks the wind out of yourselves. That's that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, look, and I think... All everybody that contributed to that definitely helped get the Ramones because I was I was like 15, 16 at the time. That's a good time to a listen to the Ramones and b to and be influenced by other musicians to be told what else to listen to too. So if those people and and I think my dad even you know with the news that Dee Dee and and Joey and and Johnny were all all, all had passed, he I think he bought a couple of Ramones records, so he was listening to them a little bit too because he never really got into them in the seventies. So because of that reason, like they weren't being played on the radio. Nobody. Uh, the, the first four Ramones albums are perfect. they're perfect. They're incredible. Yeah, I think they're I remember incredible. Henry Rollins has a a spoken word thing about like you could end wars by playing the first four Ramones albums. <laughs> it's true. Look, I played uh, I played the self titled record for my for for Benjamin today, and we're just bouncing along, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with the baseball bat. He's he was loving it. I'm like shit, I don't have to play Raffy. Like we're just gonna play the Ramones. He's gonna be a punk rock baby. That's how we're gonna do this. <laughs> it's great. So, all right, they they leave stage, go on for Encore 2. Ed thanks Steve Earle and Brad, saying thank you for Stone for pulling double duty. We get Ledbetter. Ledbetter is very just chilled and not a celebration of the night like it would be for most parts in 2003. And even in 2003, really, when you're getting into the heavy parts of the war, he's changing some lyrics. And he has one lyric change here, but it doesn't really kind of hit home as much as some of the other ones that he changes throughout this 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 year. But, you know, I, I just kept hearing him saying, Keely, 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 Keely. 
and it felt yeah. like he was a little rude. That's the, you know, I, 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 what did he want? The house lights on? It looked like the house lights were on. Yeah, it's weird. And again, like, not very many early 90s songs here. This is a weird choice to end this show. I thought it, I felt like, you know, do a, do a Bob O'Reilly. I'm sure they were already working on some of those covers that they would do in 2003, you know? Even, even an indifference, like, yeah. Rockin' in the Free World would have been perfect. Like, yeah, it's just a weird choice. And 2002, yeah. 2002 is a weird time for for songs from 10 and verses just like, you know, just like 1995 and 1996 were. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And, um, yeah, it was just a, the, the performance was flat. You don't get, like, a special McCready performance out of this. It's yeah. just kind of like yeah. a, okay, now now we now you can go. Like, we had one more, but we, we don't anymore. We'll see you tomorrow night. And, yeah. Uh, that's that's the end of that show. That's the end of the first night of this this two night uh, spect- spectacle here. Now let's pick three moments that uh, we think reflect our enjoyment of the show. Yeah, uh, my number three is going to be black. I uh, in the number two spot. Very unusual uh, acoustic guitar intro, which I always like. Um, Again, like I mentioned, Mike adding some really nice touches to the beginning sounded very kind of mid-period Stones-ish. And, uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool, timeless version of Black. Uh, my number two on the opposite end of the spectrum is Blood. I thought uh, had some extra kind of fire behind it, especially with Mike just smashing the guitar. Uh, just a, always a great, great moment. And, again, you know, you think of Blood ending a main set. You think of 1993, 1994. So kind of taking me back to uh, to those sets there. Very cool moment. And my number ones, like we talked about, I Am Mine. I thought it was the best performance of of one of the new songs. It's just that that killer moment before that second chorus comes in where that the whole band is just surging and like they're kind of like realizing in the moment like this is something good. And yes, I mean I I'm always, you know, kind of tongue in cheek disappointed at the at the that the solo doesn't go on for 6 minutes, but I think I'd I'd almost be disappointed if it did because it's like it's the you you want what you can't have right it's the you always leave them wanting more so yeah I am mine I thought was was the best performance from the show yeah I am mine is I think like an honorable mention on my list uh, I think it just misses because my number three is going to be given a fly um, just kind of I, I was not sold on the first four here. Uh, I, I just thought it was just a little sleepy for this set, and it, it felt like the crowd had too many moments where they needed to wake up, and I think they needed to wake up early. Uh, you know, especially them knowing the history of night one shows in Seattle. Given a fly was a good one to get them to wake up, but maybe it should have happened a little bit earlier. Uh, so yeah, I think that kind of took took me out of what the first part of the set was. Um, and then Grievance is my number two. I just, again, I think the vocals from Ed on both Grievance and my number one pick, which is going to be Blood, uh, were just fantastic. And that the biggest takeaway that, that comes out of the show, that Ed still had that range, he still had that rage. And uh, yeah, they were trying to pull from, from somewhere at this one. And uh, I think with, with those two especially, they, they hit. Now we get to rate this. What do you think? Let's give it to you. Yeah, this is this is tough. Um it's not like an instant classic. Like there is some, there's some rust, especially on on Ed's part. I think there's a lack of. I think the the early songs, like we mentioned, the Tenon versus songs, are maybe a little 
by the book, even the Vitality stuff, like you talked about Corduroy and Better Man, you know, not being highlights of this like they normally would be. Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight. That's Whoa. Uh, it's a very, very solid. I mean, because the, the, hearing the early versions of the Riot Act stuff is great. And some of the, the yield stuff is great. The binaural stuff is great. The Give Me Some Truth is great. So, yeah, man, it's it's right there. It's it's above average. I mean, give it an A. That's high. And usually my benchmark of being like a solid like go to you can go back to this even if it doesn't like isn't groundbreaking or isn't a highlight in their their catalog kind of show uh, is to give it a seven. And this falls short of that. This is going to be a six and a half. Um, it didn't work for me. Some of these things just didn't work for me. The beginning didn't work. Some of the riot act all mushed in there together, I think kind of took the crowd out of it and took me out of it a little bit. Uh, the, you know, you mentioned the hits and the hits weren't really the, the focal point of the show. And, and that doesn't bother me as much, but I would still like for them to be their best type of versions instead of just kind of being there just to supplement what else is going on. Um, this wasn't a Showbox uh, 96 kind of show where you could do that. This is this is a little bit different. I enjoy mostly every Pearl Jam show I've ever watched. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think there was no enjoyment from this, but I think this this falls... This is not one that I would be quick to recommend to too many people to buy a bootleg, to go out and really seek. But if you are a nerd and need to study a specific era to kind of dissect what's going on, then basically you're John and I, and you, I don't need to sell you on <laughs> on what else to do, because this is essentially what we do on this damn podcast is, yeah, we, we, we figure this stuff out so you don't have to. The Night 2 set list seems a little bit more modern and seems a little bit more uh, Pearl Jam fan favorite in a way. I wonder if that sounded a little bit better. Uh, whenever we get to it, we get to it, and we'll 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 discuss that then. But uh, I am under average with this, so it's just below. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so next week, I don't think I'll have a low rating for this show. It's a 1996 show that we're doing next week. We promised you guys that we would get to the No Code uh, tribute stuff. The 25th anniversary of No Code is right now, and you know we obviously did the 30th anniversary of 10. 10 is always going to be the older brother that is just going to be celebrated more, but the it, it had its time. We did it, and now we get to do No Code for two, not one week, but two weeks. We're oh, going to do we. Toronto 1996 next week, which was a Patreon request, and we're going to do Randall's Island. The, the following week, which I'm sure that perked all you guys that kind of don't listen to the end and, and kind of don't pay attention to the end. You just heard Randall's Island. You're like, Whoa. Yeah, we're doing Randall's Island, you guys. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Buckle up for that. But yep, 1996, we're going to go back. And that's really, you know, when you talk about 25 years, 25 year anniversary, they did the tour in September. So that's kind of what we're supplementing with there. And those will be the last words I say before we say goodbye. And at the time the next episode will be released, we will have seen a show. Ooh. However, however, at the time that we are going to be recording next episode, we probably won't have a lot on See Here Now stuff. 
we'll leave that and maybe we'll throw in some clips from the reaction show. Maybe we'll do something like that. We'll tee something up. Uh, but next week's show is getting recorded before that because I got a long weekend ahead of me. So, uh, but this is the last time in, in real time that we're going through this with, without a Pearl Jam show. So just know that going in for the next couple of weeks that, uh, we'll have a lot, 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 lot more to talk about, uh, very, very soon. So thank you all for listening in. If you're going to see here now, come find us at me at least. And when I say us, I mean me and, and I mean, Anthony from touring fan and, and the whole group from touring fan. I mean, Dave from live footsteps. I mean, all of the other patrons and live on four legs listeners that are coming, uh, that are just going to come and hang out. Chris, our webmaster, uh, just come hang out with us. You know, it's just going to be a good time and just enjoy everybody's company. We hope to get a big group going in, you know, and just get into where, wherever we end up, going in the crowd and i just want a big massive group to be there and everybody singing together that's that's all i want i want i want to be surrounded by everybody i know so if you want to be a part of that we'll feel like family we'll make it feel like family and it'll be very special be very good so make sure you know reach out to us on social media reach out to me on my personal if you if you really want to uh and uh yeah we'll 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 do stuff and we'll make it a very special weekend because that's what it deserves to be we'll make it a safe and special weekend that's all i'll say everybody please if you're going be very safe just do the right thing this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. Miss you always. Like always, thank you for tuning in. If you're not subscribed to the show, Spotify or Apple or SoundCloud or hell, if you're not paying attention on liveonfourlegs.com, y'all do stuff like that. It helps us out. It just gets the visibility out there. Apple, rate us five stars. Give us a five-star rating. Hey, we'll start popping in more feeds when people searching for Pearl Jam podcast. We'll start popping in more feeds there. That's the goal. Get more people listening that want to intake the stuff and, uh, you know, just spreading the word. So we thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next week for Toronto 96. Pearl Jam shows are back.